Welcome to the Squadcast. I hope you're having a great week this week, and uh, I know I am. I had a day off yesterday, but it was nice. Sarah? Yeah. yeah, it was a great day off yesterday. Good. Painting walls. Yeah, good. Yeah, I was doing some similar stuff, just to get some stuff ready on the house. So, we're looking forward to another time together over the next 15, 20 minutes, just catching up on uh, the message from Sunday, and I think we've got lots of real interesting stuff that we can talk about and debrief and unpack. So, let's dive in. Let's do it. So, uh, we're doing this series at the moment. Sarah, do you know what the name of the series is? Becoming. Becoming. Do you know what the tagline is? Uh, something to do with being like Jesus. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> <laughs> Finding Jesus in one another. Is it? Yeah, yeah. So this is this is all about. Uh, well, the, the main passages that we're looking at are the one another's, but understanding that uh, actually we find Jesus in one another. There is more Jesus on the earth today than when He walked on the earth, which is a crazy thought to th- get your head around. Yeah. But it's true because right now, uh, even as we sit here, there's Jesus in you, mm-hmm. and there's Jesus in me, That's right. and. There are parts of Jesus that you are living out that Mm -hmm. I am not, and I need to find that in you. And vice versa. Yeah, and I think that's the beauty of being the body of Christ. Right. And so I guess the the key thing here is is really getting our heads around that um, our relationship with Jesus is not our own. And I think in our Western society, and I I talked about moralistic therapeutic deism on Sunday, and we'll talk about that a bit more soon, I think, but one of the key elements of that is the individualism, Mm -hmm. that that following Jesus is an individual experience that's very individualistic, Uh, and I think we need to um, break that out of our church, uh, especially in the West, and I pray that uh, we as Awaken could be a church that model a different way of, of living Absolutely. in togetherness, one another in one another, and realising that that is actually how we follow Jesus. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, and so, you know, when we have, um, you know, this is just about me and my relationship with Jesus, uh, we are missing it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any thoughts? Yeah, well, I thought it might be helpful for us to touch on the five points of moralistic Therapeutic deism. That is a big, we'll call it MTD from now on, probably. MTD, yeah. But obviously, you know, so so the five things is that uh, God created the world and he watches over his people. Yeah. He wants people to be good and kind. The goal is happiness. Uh, God is not involved unless he is needed to resolve our problems. Um, And good people will go to heaven when they die. Yeah. Some of those sound like okay things. But. Yeah, well, they are. And so the interesting thing is that, I mean, this is uh, Christians or religious people that uh, were interviewed and followed and, and studied to sort of work this out. And so it's not, not that these people are atheists. These are people in our churches. These yeah. are church-going uh, people, um, some of them potentially not actually following Jesus but following an, uh, an idea of Jesus mm. that suits them. Uh, and some people were actually following Jesus, but just not realizing that um, that they have either been taught or they found themselves in a culture that is um, really preaching a, a message yeah. of MTD rather than the self-sacrificing, yeah. dying to self gospel. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, so I think that's um, so. Or, and I, I realize I find myself like, especially looking back when I was younger as mm. a believer, man, realizing that I was I was in it hook, like, hook line and sinker, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. Yeah. And it was so easy, it's so easy for us to use God as a magician. I remember that being kind of a line as a teenager, being like, hold on, I can't use God as my magician. Like, yeah. get myself in trouble. Okay, God, come bail me out. Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. Or Help me find a car park, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or uh, as Bruxy says, the celestial sugar daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you the know. divine butler or the cosmic counselor. Yeah. As I saw it re- yeah. Totally, but. yeah. yeah. One, one of the things that uh, is interesting as well is that so they would use the word deism rather than theism Mm -hmm. and so deism really talks about a a divine being out there somewhere kind of picture whereas um, theism is actually talking about a relational god right someone like a being who is interested Mm -hmm. in your everyday and is calling you to live under their Mm -hmm. uh, rule and reign Every day, right? Whereas a deistic view is more about yeah, is that idea that that God is not that interested mm-hmm. in everyday life, um, but He is there to bail us out when we, right. uh, you know, get into trouble because we've chosen to eat from the wrong tree. <laughs> it's kind of a government picture, isn't it? Like you've kind of got this idea of this government that doesn't know you, you don't really know them, versus someone like you're an apprentice to Jesus. Yeah, that's a very different relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how do we see this creeping into church? Um, or maybe not creeping, sitting <laughs> front row. Yeah, um. it's, uh, it's it's done a lot of creeping. Um, consumerism, hmm. definitely consumerism. So the idea that I come to church to get something is definitely mm-hmm. MTD. Yeah. Um, and and I think uh, theology has a big part to play in that. What what do we really believe mm. about God, and what do we really believe about the scriptures and the point of the scriptures? Um, because obviously, there's you know making the scriptures about us. Yeah. Um, and and so the problem with that is that we're using scriptures, so it feels all good. It feels mm. good. You know, mm. we feel right. We feel justified because we've used a verse. Yeah. You know, um, and so you know, I can do all things through a verse taken out of context. That's you know? right. <laughs> like, um, so you know, so we're always placing ourselves at the centre of yep. the Bible stories, or we're placing ourselves at the centre of mm. um, you know the point of the scriptures. But the point of the scriptures is Jesus, yep. and all scripture should lead us to greater trust in Jesus, right. not greater trust in ourselves. Mm. Yeah. I think this Bible reading plan, I know that some people are doing it with us at church, the 30 days, reading the Gospels in 30 days. I, I feel like that challenges this because you're reading Jesus and what he is sacrificing and just the cost of what it is to be a disciple. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, well, you said no, no one, you know, builds a castle without first counting the cost. Absolutely. You know, and he said the same thing about following him. If That's you right. want to follow me, count the cost. This is going to cost you. Absolutely. Well, he told Peter, Peter, you're going to die for this. Come follow me. Yeah. Peter's like, all right, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then even he didn't really get that. You know? Yeah, like, he was a little bit wobbly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and, and I think that's okay, you know, like there's got to be grace for that as well, that, that we won't always get this, and no. we'll go through times where we, um, where we are making it about ourselves, yeah. but the key thing is, is are we positioning ourselves in a community of people who will pull us out of that yes. when we are, yeah. and, and say, hey, you are making this about yourself. Yeah. How is Jesus getting glorified in this action? How's <laughs> Jesus right. getting glorified in your offense or in your yeah. um, unforgiveness or, or whatever it mm-hmm. is? Um, and so if we truly say, I live my life to bring glory to the name of Jesus, um, then we moralistic therapeutic theism is just, it, right. it's got to be cut off. And sometimes we need that, not even that reminder with, it's not about us, it's about Jesus, but like sometimes it's not about us, it's about other people. And I had my counselor at the end of last year go, Sarah, not everything's about you. And I was like, they sat with me for a few days. I was like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's true. I had definitely gotten stuck in my head and how people are reacting to me. Yeah. Um, and if our goal is happiness, that's where we're going to be stuck. It's about me. This person yeah. doesn't make me happy. Or, um, yeah, what are we building in community if it's all about me? We're not going to stick in community or stay accountable or be vulnerable with people because it's about me and my happiness. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and sometimes we can actually use Jesus to avoid <laughs> the um, avoid that kind yes. of thing, you know, where we, you know, it's the whole idea of like using God to hide from God. Yep. Because if we are truly making Jesus center of our life, that looks like making people center of our life. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's the the one and others become central. So I I find it totally hypocritical and I got you know I'm I'm pointing fingers back at myself yeah. here as well when people say things like yeah well I'm it's just, I'm just all about Jesus man but then a living yes offended or they're not yeah. someone who is willing to serve others or you know you yeah. you cannot be good with Jesus and in relational conflict that's it because it, I remember years ago actually uh, someone there was a bit of a debate uh, with well, what's the point of church? Is it for unbelievers or is mm. it for believers? And there was all this going on in this in this group. And then someone piped up who hadn't said anything, just piped up and goes, "Hey, guys, how about we think about it like this? What if it was about Jesus? What if the point of Sunday was yeah. Jesus?" And everyone's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right." But then, but then I said, "Yeah, okay, so." We also need to understand that if we if we make it all about Jesus, Jesus then turns around and says to us, "But it's all about people." Yeah, that's right. Because if we are, if we are truly capturing the heart of Jesus, yeah. we will find at the centre of His heart is this love for humanity. Mm-hmm. And so, if we're truly capturing the heart of Jesus, then love for others is, right. is just. And we're the, present with God. We're going to be present with people. Totally, and it's all going to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, which is why all of the one and others is just so important. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Um, so, segue. Yeah. You also spoke uh, on Sunday about the trellis. Mm. So that obviously, and it's, it's tying in with that whole relationship with God, relationship with people. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to recap on that a bit? Yeah. Yeah. So, so the idea of um, our series, which is becoming, is. There's sort of three elements here. There's the fact that we we have become something mm-hmm. through no effort of our own, through right. the death and resurrection of Jesus and our 
union with him, we have become something. We have yeah. become the righteousness of Christ. Mm-hmm. Then there's this element of we are becoming. And then there's this element of one day at the resurrection, we will fully become. Yes. And so there's like this something that Jesus has already done on our behalf. Yeah. And um, I heard Peter McHugh say the other day that the only thing we can give back to Jesus is our becoming. Oh, I like that. So, so our gift back to him is that we step into what he has paid for. Yes. He has paid for our right. There's nothing you can mm-hmm. do to be more right with God. Jesus has done that all on your behalf. But this idea of sanctification, yes. uh, which is another big word that lots of people use. I mean, my thought on sanctification is it's just our mind catching up with what Jesus has already done. So our mind catching up with our righteousness. But not all of us can. Like, I know that for me, I thought that was... I guess it's that kind of that behavior modification, trying to avoid sin rather than being like, actually, it's, yeah, it's about catching up with what Jesus has done and what he mm. says about us rather than me trying to change to be more Christ-like in my own strength. Yeah, totally. Or be a good and kind person. That's it. Yeah. Back to MTD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that so so that we're, so is this becoming, and I think this is where Dallas Willard is, is pressing on, that this becoming is a partnership with you and God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is an element of you doing, yeah. um, and that's the trellis. Yeah, right. The trellis is your part. You know, am I going to watch TV or am I going to do something else that's yeah. going to be life-giving? Like that, That's the trellis, yeah. and that's the simple part that we do. You can't do the transformation. No. And, and so, but as we put aside the things of the old and put on the new things, we are, we are becoming more and more like Christ. Mm. He's doing that transforming work. I heard someone um, say the other day that the pursuit of holiness um, is going with the grain of who you are. Right. So if we truly believe the gospel, if we truly believe the scriptures and what it says about Jesus and what Mm -hmm. it says about us, then when Paul says that Jesus is the first in line of a restored humanity, in him we see the original mm-hmm. intended shape of our life, uh, that if we believe that fully, then we have to say that the more that I look at Jesus and become like him, the more human I'm becoming. Yeah, that's right. And so if so, um, to actually look at the life of Jesus and go a different way is to actually to work against the grain of mm. who we are. Mm. And so if we say, um, I have become the righteousness of Christ, then, be- then becoming more Christ-like, is the natural flow yeah. of life. Or everything else yeah. is not the natural flow of life. And have you ever tried cutting wood against the grain? Yeah. Like it's hard work. Totally, <laughs> totally, yeah. So we're actually stepping into the hardest work in life um, when we move against the flow yes. of discipleship yeah. to Jesus. So that I guess the interesting thing, and maybe the you know people might be listening and go, yeah, but Michael, it's not that easy. Um, and I guess that's the truth, is that it's not, when I say going against the grain, I'm not saying that it will be easier. These things are never the easy choice, no. but they're always the most life-giving choice. Yeah. And they're the choice that we'll probably receive the fruit from in five years. True. You know, when we, when we make a choice that I'm no, go- no longer going to gossip, mm. as an example, mm. I'm no longer going to gossip because I just don't think Jesus would be a gossiper. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to gossip. The fruit of that probably is in five years' time, you'll find that you have a whole lot more peace in relationships. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. But the day that you stop gossiping, you probably... That's right. Because gossip is actually, it's, uh, it's um, I don't know if you've ever heard the term, but it, like someone might call someone a crazy maker. Oh, yes. A, a gossiper is a drama maker. Mm. They need they need drama. Drama somehow fills a void within them. That's right. And so making the choice not to gossip is like a, a, a part of the trellis. And so it's just another bit that's mm. actually building the structure that's going to help me to become more and more like Jesus. And as I live out the the life with Jesus with this trellis that I've created, the fruit might be in a few years' time. That's right. But that gossip thing is one thing that Jesus has cut off. Yeah. Yeah, and so John Mark Comer, he says that if you've got no trellis, your vine dies. Mm. Um, and so if we're not being intentional about our life, about organizing it around, I guess, the presence of God, um, in every area of our life, if we've got no, no plan, no intentionality, our life will wither. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you keep engaging in, you know, gossip or um, any of that stuff, uh, your life will wither, and yeah, be cut off. Totally. Jesus says it'll be cut off. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I, and I think, um, yeah, like I, I just think, how beautiful would a community be that really took on mm. the life of Jesus. Absolutely. Like, I, I'm so convinced about this, that even if, like, I'd rather be wrong about Jesus than right about anything else. Yeah. Like, even if, for some reason, you know, like, <laughs> we got to the end of this life, and I, and, so, and you know, like, oh, you know, God isn't real. You know, like, I'm just, just, I'm not suggesting that. I'm just, like, <laughs> putting it out there. I would look back at my life and go, yeah, but the teachings of Jesus were still the most life-giving way to live. That's right. There was fruit from it. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess you look at the actions that Jesus, you know, in Jesus' life, silence and solitude, Sabbath, simplicity, slowing down, all those things that are so counter. You know, we're called to, to seek first the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of entertainment. Yeah. You know, like when we engage in some of those disciplines and engage in, in connecting with other people and choosing to choose love not um you know disconnecting from love and all of those things yeah man what fruit is there in that totally yeah 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 and and so the hard thing with it all i think is that um some of some of it's really uncomfortable Mm. because it's um some of it is is confronting a worldview that we have been taught Yep. or that we've embraced, or that has become a defense mechanism, or whatever, you know. And so we are forced in community to, um, you know, it's, so it's that whole that whole idea of, of belonging. Like when we, when we were part of a community that we didn't choose to be a part of, yep. it means you can't unchoose as well, yes, you right. know. Like, so that, that means that you make a commitment in the hard stuff, as well, yeah. To well, let's work this through. Mm. You know, and in a Jesus community, there's always forgiveness and grace and mercy. That's right. And if we're constantly giving those things, then um, you know, then we have a redemptive community. And uh, so we're. To, I mean, and the other thing maybe that's worth t- pointing out or talking about is um, so we're talking about love, and there's elements of love that is grace and mercy mm-hmm. and then there's also an element of love that's like accountability and um um I, I, i'll use the word judgment but really lightly but mm-hmm. some people take mm-hmm. that 
as permission to go around judging everyone. This is not permission. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but judgment, um, healthy judgment or discernment is is a part of a community yep. as well. You know, in the sense of accountability and mm-hmm. um, speaking the truth in yes. love. Um, but I heard Peter say this once. Actually, I was I was talking to someone during the week, and they said they had this conundrum around this. These, this tension of love, yes. and so they asked Peter when Peter was here, oh, wow. and they yeah. said Peter just nailed it with like one line. <laughs> um, but Peter said, "Well, there's a difference between permissive love and redemptive love." Oh wow! And so permissive love um, gives permission for anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you can it's the whole you you know you can do what you want, yeah. be what you want, you know that kind of thing. Redemptive love calls people to redemption and reconcilia- reconciliation of yeah. relationships redemptive love has boundaries mm. redemptive love um you know has parameters you know and so yeah i think that's maybe a really helpful way to think about it. are we going to be a community of redemptive love yeah or just a community of permissive love mm. and so i think yeah that's worth thinking yeah. about yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's falling into the MTD thing. Like, you just do you, boo. Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But actually, and, and Jesus was always calling people up. Yeah, totally. More, making it harder. Yeah. Get behind me, Satan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would not have been a good day for Peter. No, no. <laughs> but, but you know what? Peter hung around. He did. And he had some really hard conversations with Jesus. Yeah. And some that aren't, you know, listed in the Gospels. Like, we know that there was a comp before the conversation with Jesus and, and um, Peter on the beach and, and John 21, Jesus has already shown up after his death to Peter once. Right. We don't know what that happened in that conversation. Yeah, true, but yeah. he, Peter was out of that boat running to Jesus for, you know, let's have a hard conversation be- again. <laughs> well, I bet Peter was probably just looking at the ground. Yeah, yeah I bet. <laughs> like avoid, avoid eye contact. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Shoving yeah. a stick into the fire. Just Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's the thing, eh, with all of this, um, accountability and being willing to be vulnerable, when we don't engage in that stuff, we're going to really lack a depth in our trellis when it comes to other people. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And we see that yeah. a lot. I guess we see that in churches where it's, it is easy just to go to the next church. Yeah. Um, or if you're in a bigger church to hide yeah. from people. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it you that said it? I can't remember. That church is the best place to hide from God. Mm. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You know, religion is a good place to hide from God. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's, it's, uh, uh, yes, because there's a, there's a passage that talks about um, taking the name of Jesus but denying the power. Right. Like, there's a sense that, yeah, and, and I also think that this has to do with um, the commandment, you know, not to take the Lord's name in vain. That's not about swearing mm. you know that's mm. not about saying that's right. jesus is a swear word although don't do that <laughs> um but that's actually about this like taking on the persona the the facade right. the outside image mm-hmm. of jesus and saying hey i'm a i'm a christian yeah which is yeah I, like i would call myself a christian but but um no I, like i much rather use the term follower of jesus yeah, absolutely now. But it actually means something. Yeah. Being a Christian in this day and age, it means nothing. That's right. The the power and the potency and the weight of that has mm-hmm. has been mm-hmm. lost. 
Um, no, if, if I say I'm a Jesus follower, yeah. that means that I, I actually take the teachings of Jesus really seriously. That's right. And um, so, you know, so there's this idea that we just take the name of Jesus but deny the power. Yeah. The power to actually transform us, mm. the power to actually see our world turned upside down for the kingdom. You know, yeah. all, of, all of that is lost because we've just watered, washed it yeah. down and watered it down to something that is palatable. And, That's right. It's safe. Yeah, yes. and safe and doesn't cost me anything. And, and Jesus yeah. is so clear about the cost. Yeah, yeah. So clear. <laughs> Right, should we ask a couple of questions for yeah, those yeah. who are listening to the podcast? Um, so, one question I've got here is, um, in what ways do I treat God like a divine butler or a cosmic counsellor? Yeah, good. Um, yeah, so these are questions you can ask, yeah, ask in your squadcast, squad. this, in your squad, in your squadcast, <laughs> in your squad this week. That's ask right. these questions. Um, what sort of relationship is God inviting me into? Uh, and yeah, is an apprenticeship to Jesus a reality in your life? Uh, you know, is living as a follower of Jesus a reality in life, or is it just an idea at this stage? Like Michael was talking about taking the name of Jesus in vain. Um, do you have time to follow Jesus? John Mark Comer says that uh, if you don't have time to partake in the disciplines and building your trellis, you know, you don't have time to follow Jesus. Um, and so the last question is, what does your trellis look like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good some really good questions there to to ask one another and, and just be honest with one another i think especially around the um do i have time to follow jesus um i i think honesty there is is a really is a really good one um and if maybe in your group you find that a couple of you are saying you know what i just don't have time right now mm. family kids work it's just all hectic at the moment um why why not just help one another to figure out hey how could we encourage this person or maybe there's a couple of you to actually find just mm. some space in your week just to start building a trellis That's great um because i imagine that especially if you're listening to this or, or you're in a squad or a group i imagine you're there because you you do want to be a follower That's of right. Jesus, um, but there may be elements of our lives that have just gotten out of whack, mm-hmm. and we don't know how to get them back into alignment. And we we need help with that. Mm-hmm. But it starts with honesty. Yeah. It starts with vulnerability. Um, you know, we're, we're here for one another. We're not here to put on a facade. That's right. We're not here to say, oh yeah, my my relationship's awesome. But look how shiny it is. Yeah, yeah. look at me. I'm I'm doing so well. Um, you know, the reality is that all of us struggle. I'm, I'm the pastor. I struggle with this sometimes, you know, or well, lots of times, you know. Honestly, there have been times where I have preached and gone, man, thank you for your grace, Jesus, because, you know, yeah. I'm glad that your word has power because there is, you know, I've got, mm. you know, if it was up to my relationship with you this week, there's nothing here, yeah. you know, and it's just been, been honest, you know. Um, I'm not good on actually discipline stuff. I'm not mm-hmm. good on follow through um, on lots of things. So I'm quite a spontaneous person. So, But one thing that I learned years ago is just to turn my thoughts into prayers. Mm. 
Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, someone, I, I asked someone about their, oh, did I hear it? I can't remember where I heard it, but anyway, about their relationship with God. You know, how much time do you spend with God? And the person said, oh, 24 hours. <laughs> Which, you know, I think is, A, really good if you genuinely mean that, mm-hmm. but don't say that if it's not true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, um, but the reality is that even in the busyness of life, that hectic workplace mm-hmm. that you're in, God's there. That's right. Don't don't create secular and secular and sacred. No. Church isn't just the only sacred space. Everywhere no. you set your foot is sacred because That's right. the Redeemer lives in you. That's good. Mm. Cool. Well, I pray that you all have a, a great week. And um, yeah, our, our prayer for you is that you would be able to find space to connect with God, uh, to orientate your life around his presence, and just finding that place of um, centering your life around his presence Mm. daily. Yeah, so we're praying for you. Be blessed. Have a great day.